0: What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are doing the best seven records of the first seven months of 2020. Uh, I picked these all out, and I want to share them with you. I'm joined by Dan Sant and Posy Chris, and we're going to go through all this stuff. Also, I just want to say uh, we sold through the first press of the Nardcore for Life compilation, but uh, the second press is up for pre-order, so go to indecisionrecords.com and order that. The, uh, the color for the second press is sick. It's a fifty fifty Cardinal Gold for Nard High, and uh, that's that. So, again, go to indecisionrecords.com and order the Nardcore for, La- the Nardcore for Life compilation. And uh, also get that Death by Stereo, get that tuning LP. You know you want them, dude. Uh, that tuning LP is especially sick. I fucking love it. And uh, Death by Stereo always brings the heat, so you know what's up. Uh, please support the podcast by subscribing to it. Wherever you listen to podcasts, just smash that subscribe button, dude, you know? And also if you got extra time, give it a like, you can rate it, review it. Uh, that shit goes a long way to giving the pod some traction. So it is much appreciated. If you want to go the extra mile, go to patreon.com slash 185 miles South become a monthly Patreon. These people keep the podcast alive. Uh, if I was losing money, I couldn't do it. So you can toss down a dollar, you can toss down a couple dollars, and it is much appreciated. Also, you can go to 185milesouth.com for every episode, including this one. There's a playlist. So uh, you can listen to whatever we're talking about, kind of like brings you into the episode a little more. And this one, we're talking about the best seven records of the first seven months of 2020. They're all in there. They're all on Spotify. Uh, so that, li- that list is linked up. Check it out. And let's get on with the pod.
1: 185 miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast.
0: What's up everyone this week on the pod we are talking about the best seven records of the first seven months of a terrible year which is 2020 but these are the bright spots this year is pretty much sucked for life but for music it's been pretty fucking good you know and I think uh, it's building anticipation to see all the shit live hopefully we come out of it and figure shit out anyway this week on the pod you know him you love him. Daniel Sant of over my dead body. What's up, dude. How's it going? Also helping us out this week. We got Posy Chris from champion and the new band change. What's up, Chris. How's it going? Yeah. And, uh, we got to, let's, let's talk about change just real quick. Um, this podcast will come out on the 19th of August. Uh, we're recording it on the 13th and, uh, we just got to say, go pre-order the Change record. And uh, I know it's a, it's a hard band to Google. Um, that's a, a true struggle. But uh, you can go to RevHQ.com, and they have an exclusive press there. And uh, where else can people go, Chris, to order this record?
2: Um, DeathWish has has uh, does all the distribution um, through Re- React Records. But uh, if you're on Instagram, check out Change Hardcore. Um, if you're on Twitter, check out Change NWHC, like Northwest Hardcore, and uh, you can get the links there.
0: Yeah, dude. So everyone handle that because uh, it's going to be one of the best records of the final five months of 2020. And uh, but you're up against Retaliate, dude. So you might be fucked. Is that Retaliate's coming in November or December? We'll see. Um, Retaliate is the best. You know. You know. Um, Dana, I just also want to like touch with you a little bit on, uh, like some bright spots of 2020 you've been, you do like a virtual DJing every Friday. Uh, can you tell the people about that and where they can tune in?
1: Oh yeah. Um, so my Instagram is at Southpaw So like Southpaw Grammar, like the Marcy record book Insta. Is in there because it's Instagram And it's a very clever <laughs> name. Um But um, So every Friday at 6pm I do a uh, different themed DJ sets, And uh, I do them For charity so uh, Tomorrow which you won't be able to By the time you hear this but Doing one that's called England versus Scotland so five bands From England five bands from Scotland In a In a musical cup final And then um, In the past I've done You know All kinds of themes But we've done We've Since I've been doing it uh, Myself and all the people who listen And donate Which has been so amazing We've raised like I think over four grand Since COVID started On uh, For different charities Like SD Black Queer Housing Glitz Inc uh, Oakland Animal Services uh, Homeless of Oakland um, I I can't remember off the top of my head But please tune in 6pm on Friday It's a good way to end your week And dance at home And you know uh, There's a little chat going in it And you know usually I'm being burned By everyone in there So if you want to come in and razz me Like feel free
0: yeah, everyone's like, play more you 2 dude. Come on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the other thing that I think is awesome that's going on now is, is have you seen the the stuff that the SOS Booking is doing? Like, it's every week. Um, every weekend they're doing, like, live stuff of interviews, and they're going to be doing some, uh, some live sets. So you can go to SOS Booking uh, on Instagram and, and check out everything that they're putting on because that's super rad, and it's like, you know, this is a uh, this year's weird. It's a lot of downtime, but like, people are doing fucking interesting things, and uh, it's fun to stay on top of. So, just wanted to get that out there. Um, let's dive right in. I chose seven records that I think are the best of the first seven months of twenty twenty. And if you disagree, uh, blame Joe Revis. No, just you can blame me because um, I chose these. Oh, go ahead.
1: And if you do disagree, like, write down some of the things that you think, yeah, you know, yeah. people should check out. Because, yeah, share these ideas. It's great.
0: Yeah, send your lists. And uh, I just thought it was fun to cut up the year. And, and I wanted to, like, talk a little bit of positivity because the year has been pretty rough on a lot of people. And uh just nice to, to dive into some stuff that I think is really awesome that came out in the first seven months of this year. Um, let's jump right in. I think that um, the, the LP that got everyone, like, it got kind of off, like, it caught everyone off guard because they just dropped it with no pre order or anything. And, like, the first press sold out right away is Gulch and uh, the impenetra- Impenetrable Cerebral Fortress. And, uh, Daniel, this made your best of 2019 list, the tape. Um, they had a couple songs on it. And those songs are also on this LP, but, uh, this LP is fucking punishing. And it's amazing that in 2020 or 2019 or whatever, a band can carve out like a fresh new sound and style. And, uh, from all accounts, they're a wild live act. Can't wait for, uh, shows to start again to see it. But, uh, I love listening to this LP. I've listened to it a bunch of fucking times and, uh, I think it's great. Daniel, let's go to you. What do you think about this one?
1: I, I think this is phenomenal. I think this is like um, a really perfect record of wild aggression and uh, really cool, like introspection when it comes to some of the lyrical content. Um, what I find about their sound, like it, it, to me, it's like one part—I um, don't know of blazing straight ahead like thrashy hardcore one part like mayhem like a weird like black metal part and one part like db like discharge sound you know just to this maniacal like just bombastic like hardcore blast and um yeah what is it about 17 18 minutes for the whole lp but it, you just start it again as soon as you're done. You know, I really like this record, and I I like the the art. I like the the concept of of what it is about. You know, uh, the impenetrable cerebral fortress. You know, it's it's really cool.
0: Yeah, Chris, what do you think about this record?
2: Yeah, I think it's awesome. Uh, my 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 first impression when i heard this band was um like initially the first few seconds i was like okay they're kind of going for that that gag thing that uh that's kind of getting a lot of buzz you know kind of like the ssd inspired mid-tempo kind of two-step kids doing somersaults that kind of vibe but you listen you know it only takes you another 20 seconds or so for them to kind of show you like, no, we got we got a lot more influences we're gonna drop on you, you know. Yeah. Dan- Daniel mentioned like some of them there's like black metal, like you know, even some kind of death metal riffs, like there's straight up beat down parts. Uh they really kinda run the gamut of of influences and and the result like sometimes having that that many influences can sound like super disjointed, but like they do it well and they make it their own. And really, I think what ties it to get together is just like the rawness. And, and you take these different kind of parts and influences and you bring it together. And, and the result is like the gnarliest music you can think of. And it's, it's awesome. Uh, on the LP specifically, like the last song, uh, sin in my heart, even kind of adds an, another element. like, it's almost kind of reminds me of like modern life is war, kind of like a mid tempo melody, um, like epic buildup kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it almost sounds like Interpol even, um, it, which is crazy. And then like, you know, as opposed to like, like the modern life is war vocals would come in and, and Jeff's like super tortured style scream you know, Elliot's voice comes in and it's just like dripping with rage and, and disgust for the world and
1: and it's awesome. And it is kind of like the master opus of the record to um, end it with, you know, a, a song that's twice as long as every other, you know, the instrumentation on it and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but my favorite song on it is the cries of pleasure, heavenly pain. That is like yeah. fully like discharged out,
0: you know? Yeah. But it starts like the full, drumming on that. It starts so like full black metal though. Like the, oh, yeah. like the black metal shit. It's like, Oh shit, dude, we're going to have to dig up Euronymous and fucking stab him again. You know, like <laughs> shit's going down. Um, but yeah, then it goes like full wild style. I agree with like the last song on the record being like so epic. Um, this is not a direct comparison, but do you remember like the Suicide File LP? Like the last song was like the mm. the fucking slow yeah. burn, and like really like you already had a special record that would be like a great record on its own. But then it's like, oh, they dip their toes in this other shit and fucking knocked mm-hmm. it out of the park two. And it's like, it's like you take a record that's like a, a eight or a nine, and then that stamp on it like is like this is a fucking special ass record you know yeah that i'm fucking
2: free yeah yeah
0: yeah and this is like that dude like this that song the sin of my heart is so fucking good and what a great stamp of just taking a little bit of a i don't know it's it's weird because there is so much emotion coming out on all these songs but it's like a a thriving rage and they did such a great job with the recording, like keeping it raw enough. But then like it has has enough power in it that when they hit like a mosh part, it's not like, Ooh, that sounds kind of thin or, or I don't hear something or whatever. Like, I don't know, man, they struck gold on this one. Uh, every single bit of hype. Yeah. Every single little bit of hype is like deserved. It's kind of like, you know, when American nightmare like hit with like the LP and it was just like, Man, you might like it, you might not, but you cannot fucking deny that this is like something special.
1: You know? The the production on it is fantastic, I feel. It sounds amazing. Like like you said, there's thickness and, you know, it's rounded out really well, but his vocals still sound like he's screaming in a shed in Scandinavia. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, on a blown-out mic at some point. You know, it's like, like, just, so like, it's limiting like on the mixing board like crazy, you know. Like it's way in the red, and it it adds to it. Yeah, I think it. What's cool
2: though is like uh, some of the some of the styles that they're drawn from. Like the the production tends to be like a little bit more like like less present, like more like sounds like it's in a cave. And yeah. this this sounds like this is super present. Like there's like the vocals will rip right through you you know it doesn't sound like it's uh, you know like there's a bunch of reverb on it and, and I think that's one thing that that really makes it stand out is like the vocals kind of you know and the guitars that just kind of reach into you and like tear you part
0: yeah and the artwork is so cool yeah the art is awesome yeah and, and go ahead Chris. Zach touched on this Zach touched on
2: this but like they, they are one of the best live bands you can see today. Like I saw them uh, at Gilman. Uh, hey. Yeah. With with some good friends from the Bay and uh, um, they played with down to nothing and judge who, I mean, down to nothing is, has been like one of the best live bands you could see for years and years and years. And, and judge is, you know, one of my favorite bands of all time. And like, quite honestly, they opened the show and blew both of those bands like off the stage, which is really not an easy feat.
1: See- they really did they, and the singer uh Elliot just yeah, put the crowd in the palm of his hands type shit, like just it was it was fucking rad and and um it it was awesome to see them, I've seen them a couple of times, and each time I'm struck by the uh just the the wildness of it all. <laughs> You know, it's wild in the most perfect way.
0: Yeah, Mike Judge should have stormed out there and, and taken his shirt off, too, and commanded the stage back. So this is my night, motherfucker. You know, but didn't happen. <laughs> They're not a shirtless yeah. band, except for Porcel. Um, yeah, I, I love this record. And I think uh, this this list is in no particular order, but got to talk about this one out the gate. Um Is there anything else you guys want to say on this or should we move on?
1: Uh, Pick it up, listen to it on Spotify and enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This came out on closed cascade activities. So you can uh, find it there or wherever. And you listen to it on Spotify. We'll put the link in the show notes and it'll be in the playlist for the episode. Actually, we'll just put it in the playlist for the episode. So you can listen to it there if you haven't, for whatever reason. Um, Moving on. Also, Northern California brought it strong in the first seven months of this year. Um, This is another standout record that a lot of people were super fucking fired up on. Again, great live band by all accounts. I'm talking about Drain from Santa Cruz, California. Uh, The LP is California Cursed, and it's Revelation Records putting out good hardcore, which uh, has got to make you happy to see. Daniel, what do you think about this record?
1: This this record is is a bit harder for me to get my head around because they they bounce around in the song within the song structure of each song. Whereas Gulch, I feel like it's a bit more seamless. In the Drain stuff, it's like, wow, this riff is next after that one. Whoa, my head's blown. You know, like I, I. Um, I think you described it as what, when this first came out, like this is YOLO hardcore. Like we're just doing whatever we want. We're playing every riff we want, you know, and it kind of has that, but it is a, um, a ripping, like blazing, uh, fast and hard record, really cool breakdowns, um, great vocals. Um, I've seen them only once, unfortunately, but the live show was fucking awesome. Kids were unbelievably psyched. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this record and the artwork is really cool too. Um, what do you think? Chris?
2: I love it. I love this band. Uh, you know, I have kind of a funny comp for them, uh, that just kind of struck me the other day. Uh, you know on on your podcast with Dave Mandel he talked a little bit about how Death by Stereo is kind of a band that created this this genre like their own kind of sound that no one is able to duplicate because they haven't like they don't have the chops to do it and I think Drain like they don't have the singing parts that Death by Stereo does but like uh it doesn't and it doesn't sound like Death by Stereo but I, I think it's comparable in that you have this you know, it's it's hardcore, it's raging hardcore. It's kinda crossover influenced. It's got these super talented like Iron Maiden riffs that are just infused into it. And then you have like the really present, like sh- screamed vocals that are just are like you know, sounds like he's bleeding from the throat or like gargling bleach yeah. before he sings. And and in that way I it kinda reminds me of, of Death by Stereo minus the singing stuff. Uh and, and live, you know, it's kind of funny because he, uh, I can't remember the dude's name, the singer kind of reminds me of Ephraim a little bit. Like, uh, he he kind of reminds me of a, a mix between Ephraim and Ryan Control. Like, you know, he's got that kind of like Ryan, like super crazy dude that will just do anything vibe. And then like in between songs, he's super stoked and like, like, I like to say about Drain, like, I've seen him a few times, and, like, there's no one that's more psyched and about being at a Drain show than the singer Drain. Like, there's no one that's having more fun in that set than him, and I think that's super sick, and, and Ephraim was kind of the same way where he had this just, like, the joy that he had while he was on stage was, like, super infectious, and I think that's, that's it's rare to see that that joy for for hardcore you know music that isn't really synonymous with joy it's more synonymous with rage and like disgust so i think it's it's just a cool vibe and i I dig
0: it yeah i think that uh, infectious is like a good word to use um and and like you're talking about it's weird to circle around a word like joy um for hardcore but maybe it is like because this shit is so spastic you know like it's just wild and all over the place um and i want to i want to talk about the recording a little bit because it it lands so good when they do like the the crossover elements like when it goes fast it's just like oh shit like this is fucking perfect but it's crazy like trying to wrap my head around what it sounds like cuz yeah it's it's kind of crossover but they they switch in and out of tempos like so spastically which i think is Maybe what, what, like how you're getting that death by stereo rub. Um, but also they settle into the mosh like really comfortably. In fact, if I was going to say what element this album gives me the most of, I think it is still the mosh and it's, it's such a interesting approach to take because the recording is not, they're not going for heavy, even though they are leaning heavily into that mosh and it's it's interesting me cuz it's obviously deliberate. You know, they went to Taylor who is a fucking beast, you know, this band is a beast, so it's like a deliberate decision to sound like this and it's what gives it like that cool interesting sound. There's another record that I'm going to talk about this that does a similar thing coming up, but uh I think that this Drain record it, again, it sounds like nothing else, which is just fucking ridiculous when you think about the history of hardcore that someone can like carve out a niche um, this late. And that's what makes it so great. And then also just matched by the art and so forth is rad. Uh, the only knock I would give on the record is I could do without an intro. I just think get right into it, you know, but otherwise fucking sick. Um, Anything else on this record guys or go on?
1: I love, I love like intros and stuff like that, that are, designed to bring you to the concept of the record and what is trying to be put across, you know? Um, so I, I feel like that's the, as you would put it, the
0: sizzle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sometimes, that, you that, know. That's cool. I mean, obviously people like it, you know, because it's, it's a very prevalent thing. Um, and a couple of my favorite albums of all time, I mean, Set It Off, there's a fucking intro on there. You know what I mean? I, I wish there wasn't. You know that that would be like the one knock I'd have on that record. You know, I just wish it kicked off. You know, instead of listening to the the street for thirty seconds or whatever. We don't speak. Yeah, and then there's also we don't take We <laughs> just take yeah, it. Yeah, which there's, is tight. there's there's also I'm from the neighborhood. Same thing, right? But could have done What's without the that, next too. Word for that What vegetables? Yeah, <laughs> vegetables. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, super cool, rad, fucking record. Everyone get it. It's on Revelation, so you can get it there. Also, check out the playlist for this pod.
1: And uh, um, Kerrang! Magazine uh, ranked the singer as one of the top ten hardcore frontmen going today. Uh, the UK metal mag Kerrang! So that's, that's rad. That's pretty yeah. awesome that they're getting like recognition like that, and to go off of what Chris said, like. Yeah, there's a vibe at their shows that is just having the best time and, and people, like, moshing hard, but, like, in the most friendly way, if you can, you know, if that makes sense. Um, because it all comes from the vibe put out by the band, and that's awesome.
0: Yeah, and you should be stoked on your band, right? And we talk about, like, you know, him being infectious and wanting to, like, he's getting back what he's giving out, you know? And yeah. I just think it's fucking rad when people love their band, you know? I think it's, it's it's always been a knock, like, since I can remember, you know, people would be like, oh, you listen to your own band a lot? Like, that's kind of cheesy. Or, like, you'd get a knock on, like, when dudes are wearing their own band shirt. I fucking love yeah. it. I think that, like, if you don't ride for your band, like, first and foremost, then, like, why should I care about it? If you If you're not obviously, like, loving it and backing it, why should I care, you know? So I love when people rep their band, think it's the best band on earth. And, uh, you know, that's one thing about hardcore that I love and also think that we could do a little more of is a lot of times people don't, like, take credit and be like, I'm the shit. Like, we're fucking the best, you know? And and I like a little bit of that. That's one of the things I love about hip-hop, you know, is, like, that bravado and people, like, saying, like, I put a lot of work into this and I'm fucking talented. I'm the shit. You know, I like that. You know, and so I'd like to see a little bit more of that, like that confidence. Let me get this. Let me get this straight. The singer of Retaliate likes when people think their bands are the best. (laughs) You know, you know. Um, Respect. So so yeah, Drain California, Curse, Revelation Records. You already got it probably, but if you don't, check it out. Uh, Moving on. Uh, Rotting Out Ronan LP on Pure Noise Records. This is the third LP from Rotting Out and possibly their best. Um, Talking about confidence again, this thing, I think I talked about it on the Todd Jones second podcast, but when I listen to this thing, it just fucking oozes confidence um, in the songwriting. Like it's almost like I picture what the crowd would be doing at this part of the song, you know? Like they're almost writing for that because like they know they're like, I'm going to write this part, the crowd's going to lose their shit. And that's that. But then you can peel back another layer. And, uh, you know, lyrically, this goes, like, way deeper. It's very personal, which is fucking awesome to, like, put yourself out there like that. Like, wear your fucking heart on your sleeve. And third LP for a hardcore band without, like, singing vocals. That is a fucking challenge. And these guys knocked it out of the fucking park. One of the best records. Uh, Maybe their best record, you know, which is it's just an awesome feat. Um, What did you think about this, Chris?
2: I love, uh, I think it's an awesome record. I love that they, like everything that this band did well, they kind of like, like they exponentially like did that harder, you know, like, like their SoCal hardcore fast parts, they did even made even more like SoCal hardcore, like the, the thrashy parts, they made even more thrasher, like, the, the mosh parts are even moshier, you know? Like it's like everything. Now improved mosh. <laughs> turned up to eleven, yeah. Um but I think what what always really like what really stands out to me about this band is is the lyrics. And that's I'm saying that with with the recognition that all the other stuff is awesome. And so like again, like with how awesome everything is the drums the guitars the bass and then to have the lyrics be even stand up above that is is quite a feat like walter he pours his soul into his lyrics like very few people are able to do um you know when bands like no reply say i want your guts like like that's what i love about hardcore like people that are able to like pour their literally pour their souls into it and, and to do that and and not make it sound cheesy is hard to do like you know like i'm playing in a band and i've written lyrics and it's hard man it's hard to say stuff that's like super personal without it sounding like cheesy and he just crushes it um the, the lyrics to, to the last song boy like just holy shit man
0: like wow yeah, Dana, what do you think about this?
1: Well, I'm so glad Chris touched on the on the lyrics because I think the lyrics are, I mean, up there with, you know, Mount Rushmore-style lyrics. Uh, Agreed. They are, like he says, so personal. Like the song Unforgiven, well, first of all, the sound of the song Unforgiven is so cool with those hymnal like backups and um, the the sound of that song is such a different like direction that they take from the way the record is unveiling, and then you get to that song and it's like whoa. Um, but the lyrics on it about being, you know, beaten as a kid and it and it is created like a, a minefield of insecurities in yourself and he's because you know he's a he's a, a big. Like buff dude, and he has the line in there that says, "You know, I'm only so big so I can carry all my insecurity." Like, what a fucking line! That's like, you know, from a different from a different pace, but that's up there with like Nick Cave and and Morrissey. I'm not I'm not being hyperbolic. Like, there's so much introspection in there that is really fantastic, and um. um and the fucking songs are great. I slept on this when it came out. I didn't check it out right away. I was like, oh, they're so reun- reuniting and doing a record. Like, uh, I'll, I'll get to it, you know? And then I'm so glad that I've spent, like, the last couple weeks with this LP. Because um, it is... It's really, really good. And I think it is their best record. And I love the... um to bring the concept of all the personal things about the way he grew up and, you know, obviously didn't, it grew up tough and, you know, showing the, you know, the apartment on the uh, album cover and everything. It just, it just really, you know, allows you to go to a place that maybe you didn't experience, but understand it. You know what I mean? I think it's a A plus um, hardcore effort It's something that our genre should be very proud of that a record like this has come out
0: yeah I love the cover um, I, I just right now like I'm going through a phase where I'm just sick of art um, and it's, it's cool I love the cover like I don't know I, I guess it was because I was trying to figure out a cover for our album and it was like I don't want art like I'm just I want something like a little more visceral and this is, it's great. Um, also the album just fucking sounds great. The drum sounds so fucking good. Um, and it just drives everything through. And of course, um, you know, lyrically is great, but Walter's voice is a little different on this record. And, you know, we've talked before about me being like a late buy-in on American nightmare, but loving the LP because his voice is so shredded. Um, yeah. I, I love, that his voice is just so, like, kind of shredded on this record. Like, it's just—it's it, undeniable, right? It's, yeah, it's—I it's, I love like singers where it's like maybe someone could almost be turned off by the voice because it's like then you're really putting yourself out there, you know? Like, well, you're not voice, ju- go ahead. Uh, voices
1: like these are what become the acquired taste which make them so much more special once you've acquired the taste, you know what I mean? Like his voice sits high in the register, like it's a high register voice, sits over the top of the music because it's at such, you know, a different pitch, kind of. And um, like you say, it's undeniable. Like it, it you have to love it to love it. And it is very, very great.
2: He also does some some... You know, like he makes some kind of interesting choices that make it sound real cool too. Like, there's some singy parts, and they're a little bit higher. You know, like h- higher notes than like a lot of like hardcore people would try to sing, just because like the higher you get, like <laughs> the more likely it is to get away from you. Uh, yeah. and he 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 maintains like his kind of like. G- like his his growly scream through it uh as he pushes it up higher and it's like it's like it feels like it's on the verge of getting away which like creates this tension that is really cool but like it like he doesn't like fall off of the of the um of the tune but there's like this tension like it almost might and i think that's cool
0: yeah you you can't accuse him in any aspect of playing it safe. You know, like I think that's that's one of the reasons why this record is is so great is just because you know they're an established band now. Um, they could just put out a record and be fine, you know. And in a normal year, just like continue the cycle of of touring or whatever, playing shows. But they fucking went for it with this record, you know. And and not to say it for the millionth time, but like they knocked it out of the fucking park, you know, and without playing it safe. Taking stabs, taking risks, and just fucking doing it. The um, it's also a little similar um to Drain in the way that there's some like heavy mosh shit on this record, but the recording is not like heavy. So it, it's cool. It's like this this sound that's uh evolving right now of bands that are like doing big mosh parts, but not like leaning into drop tuning. And like really distorted mm-hmm. guitar stuff. Like it's like it's like a rhythmic thing. Um, and it, it almost makes it like you know, like dancing is like kind of we you know, you go back, you talk about it, like kind of tribal in a way, you know? And like kind of taking out like the metallicness, but still hitting the big breakdowns, like it makes it like just more rhythmic. Like you're settling into like the tempo change instead of like that it's a big chunky part, um, and I think it's a rad approach. What, and I think that Drain and Roddy out both do it really well.
1: What's great about that, and and you know, that you frame that is perfect because it's almost like a return to, um, I don't know, chain, sick of it, all of those kind of things, where the mush, you know, it's not anti-beatdown you know there's still elements of the way that the beatdown like mush parts are framed but it is like you say it is um kind of the synthesis of old hardcore and, and new hardcore and, and a new path is being forged by touching on on both elements yeah you know what
0: i mean totally i think that's a that's a great way to put it um, and and the thing I,
1: I I just want to mention about this record is it seems like there are records where you see a band is progressing and they're they're newer and they're okay we're going to just you know get together eight songs and we've got our LP ready or we've got ten songs we'll put it out and then there are bands that sit plot and formulate what this. Artistic offering is going to be And this record is Definitely It was thought about Very very hard At the beginning of writing the songs And also um, Editing And coming back to it It, You can just tell it is like The band is like This has to be Everything That we can possibly give and And we have to craft it in such a perfect way. And Chris touched on the last song, but that song boy, I mean, the guts and the honesty to talk about being uh molested as a child and um the poetic nature that it comes out is just I mean, I I think it is amazing and it's a really, really great um really great contribution to uh, bearing Your Soul and just lyrically like thank you to them for like sharing and thank you to Walter for sharing you know like something so um, for lack of a better term heavy and getting it off his chest and hopefully it's helping him heal
0: yeah it's the apex of like what you can do within like this artistic space right? Like yeah, he just fucking did it, you know? Uh, He was able to go there and, and did it justice, you know, put it out there. Um, Absolutely amazing. This record rips. Um, It is rotting out. The LP is called Ronin. It was on pure noise records and uh, you can check it out in the playlist for this episode, or you can get it wherever you buy music. Um, Chris, anything else on this before we move on? Awesome, hell yeah. Okay, um, let's go to a band that's unapologetic about the mosh and is not shying away from being metallic or beat downy or whatever. Uh, it's Tsunami, and <laughs> it's Tsunami doing the uh, so they, they did some, they did a new seven inch, uh, I think it's Tsunami self titled, and then they have their demo that they put out before. They put them both on an LP, which is everything I want, because I don't want a fucking 7-inch. I'm sick of the format now. And uh, I don't want a demo. I want an LP, dude. I want a big piece of music in front of me. So I love this band. I love that they put it all on the format I want. And it's like every song they got so far, fucking awesome, on Creator Destructive Records. Um, And this band is, they're bringing it, dude. You know, I love like the... The impetus of this genre, you know, I was, I was riding for and eleven in the nineties, and like this is where the music has evolved to, that like lane of hardcore, and these guys do it great. It's creative. It's fun to listen to, just like Bulldoze was, like hitting like all the different tempos, um, catchy lyrics like that are memorable. You know, like I think that like the the lineage is there. These guys do justice to the style, keeping it catchy in the music and in the singing and, uh, just knocking this fucking genre out of the park. Um, let's go to Daniel. What do you think about this?
1: Um, congratulations to them. They just signed with triple B for the, for what's coming in the future. So I can't wait to hear that recording and just what they do there with that. Yeah. And the new recordings of, of the, of the songs, uh, that are on the 12 inch they sound so good like they sound really great um it's funny that you know you brought a bulldoze because this is like really embracing beat down um almost to the point where it you can see that there's a nod and a wink um what's really cool about it is that bulldoze was you know 100 percent serious and um tsunami's tongue is firmly in the cheek, whereas but the lyrics are still fucking great and <laughs> make you want to sing along like crazy. Um I think Joseph's voice is fucking sick. Like it it uh goes really well with the the whole sound of the band. And I love that, you know, it's so anti police, anti snitching, calling out people for being pathetic and lame and it's just it's fucking rad it's everything that if you want to get hype and go fucking nuts at a hardcore show well this is the band for you like this is custom made to be amazing and they played one show (laughs) (laughs) which has gone worldwide
0: you know I I just to jump in on you real quick like just the fucking name alone is so good, you know. And then to spell it, to spell it wrong too, just to like up the ignorance, like, oh my god, it just, it tickles me so hard. And like, it has never gotten old, you know. Like every time I look at it or think about it, it still like makes me like giggle, you know.
1: Yeah, and and the artwork is incredible. This, you know, the graffiti, uh, just it's celebrating everything that is in people's record collections, mashed together, bringing back a style. And yeah, like you say, the, the celebration of ignorance, but in a very clever way is what makes them so cool. Like misspelling your, in the YAB song is so, I mean, it, it still makes me laugh. Like you said, it does you like everything about that makes me, die laughing and especially just
0: the the misspelling of you yeah and it's just so it's so subtle right like they're not they they've settled into this place where like everyone knows what it is now like but they're not heavy-handed with it like they're still letting it like Mm -hmm. roll i i a man it gives me chris what do you think about this
2: Yeah, I got a quick question. So, like, Daniel, you mentioned that the tongue is firmly in cheek, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know these dudes, but like, they're not. It's not a spoof. Like, they're they're students of the game and fans of this this style, and they they do it justice. um, With with a like a nod and a wink, like you said, but they're. It's not like them spoofing. It's not like.
1: You know, it's not good clean movies. fun. It's not mm-hmm. good clean fun. It is, it is, Um. no, this is fucking hard shit.
0: But by people that like this style too and respect yeah. it, right? <laughs> well, it's Seduced yes. from Hands of God, right? Daniel? Yes, yeah, I think it, some of them.
1: It's, yeah. I think almost the whole band with Joseph, yeah. legendary, timeless barista on vocals.
0: <laughs> and that that band is hard as fuck like in its own right and i think that that's like kind of what gives it credibility like it's not dudes goofing on the sound or goofing about hardcore like i hate joke mm-hmm. hardcore. i hate joke hardcore shit you know uh i think of this is more of like like how daniel said it's like paying respect to like some of the records we all got in our collection you know like they're students of the game and fans of it and like so having it be like the hands of god dudes like they're already like kind of playing the sound anyway like that band brings it dude they got hard fucking riffs i love all their material you know and so like this is related to that and i think it gives it like the the credence of why like oh this band rips instead of like oh it's silly yeah yeah and you know
1: for every for every yab you know like this the especially how topical it, it, it is at this point in this year of like fascists and fascist police and stuff like that. And just going hard at the authorities is fucking sick, <laughs> you know, threatening multiple uh, accounts of violence on police is, is uh very awesome to see like hooded. Um, I mean, Everyone loves the hooded Mosher hardcore design in hardcore, but to see them like choking out a cop is just—it's
0: awesome. Oh, <laughs> Daniel, you like the the hooded cartoon figures? Huh? I would have never guessed that, given your your <laughs> <laughs> given the, yeah. the artwork on uh, the overmighted Body seven inch. You know, it it's been known to be effective. <laughs> it's fucking timeless, dude. It's great. Yeah, Chris, no doubt. How do you how do you feel about this record and the songs?
2: Yeah, so there, you know, there's a there were times in my life, like certain years, depending on what was big at the time, where this might not have resonated with me. But like, I feel like right now it's like a perfect time and a perfect place for this band to happen. Like, there's such a a void in in this style of of music and this style of like celebration of ignorance. Um, and and I say that in a respectful way, but. Like this took me back to like you know Grange Halls in Vacaville in like '99 or like you know seeing shows in Burt Ramen and in Richmond. Like this is a style of hardcore that's like so deeply embedded into the DNA of the Bay Area. And for real, and I think it's sick that they're they're doing it and they're doing it awesome. And while I'm on the topic of the Bay Area, we've gone through what four bands and three of them have been from like Santa Jose, Santa Cruz area, and that's crazy. Like, there's something in the water there right now, and if you don't know, like, you will know. That's But, yeah, to me, this just, you know, it it brings me back, like, vivid memories of like three-quarter sleeve shirts with like brass knuckles on them, and like (laughs) Castro mosh hats, and like, you know, kids doing the, I don't know if you guys got this down in SoCal as much, but like the California bear claw was like the patented NorCal, like, like, it's kind of like a reverse windmill thing. And, uh, it's, it's cool, man. Like it, this, this band is like perfectly ignorant, like for anyone from like my generation, like, you know, if you love seeing like the Hoods or low life or sworn vengeance in the bay, or like, like in North Philly, seeing like Clubberlang or or dysphoria, like this band's for you. Um, and it's cool. I think, You know, Zach, you touched on this, but they do it with such a creativity too that that is really fun. Like some of my favorite parts are like like the guest vocal parts that almost like walk on uh, Joseph's vocals. Like they almost it almost makes it feel like it's falling apart for a second. Like it's a live show and someone jumps up on the grab stage and grabs a mic and just starts yelling something into it. You know and. it's cool. It kind of reminds me of like hard skin a little bit in that way, where it's just like, there's
1: like chaos,
2: you know? And I think it's tight.
1: I think hard skin is such a right on like comparison because we were saying it's not making fun of things. It's celebrating things. And that's what hard skin does, you know, like for Oi, it's like, let's write these perfect Oi songs, but have a little, you know, fun with it at the same time. I think mm-hmm. that's what Tsunami does really well and yeah, he has the guest vocal drops are almost like Public Enemy where like Professor Griff would be like do his part like almost through a bullhorn or something you know in the middle of a song that's how some of the guest v- come across on this like they just kicked in the door of the studio and just started singing their part and then
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know peaced out like immediately <laughs> it's 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 really cool um, and yeah. It, I also love the fake the fake beef with Gulch. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. The they song was like Gulch hoodie line in one of yeah it's like
2: fuck <laughs> you and your Gulch hoodie.
0: Yeah, I wish enough, so awesome. I wish they didn't break kayfabe on that. Should have just kept it going. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the guest the guest spot on the on that demo song Where the dude comes in at the end, it's like. like i can't even do it dude it's like
2: it reminds me of that (laughs) top on the right song that the dude from stout sings on
0: yeah that guy's got a good voice yeah yeah like the dude from stout has a sick voice but this this guy's just like going for fucking ridiculous you know like
1: the oh, most yeah. Cookie Monster of like to actually sound like Cookie Monster instead of like what people think like Cookie Monster vocals I was like no
0: this actually sounds like Cookie Monster <laughs> yeah it's not Chris Barnes dude it's actually the Cookie Monster you know yeah. like oh yeah, exactly. uh, it's so ill it's just another thing that like I don't know they just have the right approach to it and I think they're coming from the right space where they pull it off where if someone else did it it would just be ridiculous you know, but like this, is, yeah. it's ridiculously awesome. So yeah, I, I love this and, and oh, go ahead, Dana. And the singer Joseph is, uh, an amazing
1: dog sitter as well.
0: Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. That rules. We love people that love animals. So I uh, treat them good. And, uh, yeah. And I, I just love that this, uh, this was released this way. This is exactly what I want. And, uh, I want to talk about another one that they did a similar thing. It's the stepping stone LP uh, called escape from the junkyard on safe inside records. Shout out to Bert and Aaron and uh, shout out. Yeah. It's a similar approach. Like, so this band, they had like a previous like digital only LP or EP and it was like really good and it hadn't come out and they put that and they put like new songs, like enough material for an EP, put them together onto a 12 inch And it's fucking awesome. It's like, they put all the music into the format I want, and I support that. Like, that's just a great way to do it. Listening to this record, again, like, I don't know, I feel like I'm terrible at explaining what things sound like. Um, But we've done a pretty good job so far, I think. But listening to this, I was like, man, it's not this, and it's not this, and it's not this. And I was like, maybe I'm just fucking overthinking, like, this is just great, no frills, hardcore. Like this is just hardcore music done well, creative, hitting on all tempos and just like good on all cylinders. Um, And I've listened to this a lot. Um, You know, I chose it, but then I listened to it a lot while prepping for it. And it's like, this is a rare record that I listen to the whole thing and I'm never bored. Although like nothing is super standing out to me a way that I can like, hammer into talking about it like maybe saying like the drain record i think like leans towards mosh or we can say like the rotting out lyrics are like fucking next level but this is just like man this is good fucking hardcore that like i'm listening to every piece of every song the whole way through i'm not bored i'm like i'm not like oh they should have plucked out this song or this song it's just a good solid record and uh what do you think about it chris
2: Yeah, the way I would describe it to someone who hasn't heard it before is like, if you took No Warning and like added like a touch of crossover flair, but you you played it with like a total Camaro Rock attitude, like it it just got this like (laughs) badass attitude, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah, dude, like, not necessarily the sound, but like you know, you put a Def leopard fan in a T-top, you know, with his mullet blowing in the wind, like, that's the attitude, and it's so tight.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I think the seven-inch rules, like, the more, I, like, every time I listen to it, like, I like it more. Uh, I feel like this is a band that, if they were from, like, Southern California or Boston or Florida, like, places that had, you know, bigger hardcore scenes, you know, instead of Regina, Saskatchewan in Canada, like... I feel like they'd be huge. Um, Also like some of the sweetest kids, like total kind of stereotypical Canadian politeness, you know, like, like the sweetest kids will meet. And uh, I think it's just sick to see them. It it may be really hyped for them just to hear this and to hear how good it is. And like, um, hopefully eventually they'll be able to like tour on it.
0: Yeah. You mentioned the seven inch. Is that different or did I fuck up? And that's on here.
2: I don't know. I'm just calling it a seven-inch, but Oh word. <laughs>
0: okay, sick. The record that looks like Dungeons and Dragons cover. <laughs> okay, and uh, we should say oh this album cover is something else. Everyone needs to Google it. Stepping Stone: Escape from the Junkyard LP. It's it is something. Daniel, what do you think about this?
1: I um, I think there definitely is a crossover vibe with this band. Like um, you know, going off of some of the bands' du jour that do it so well, um, this is not like as going for the solo type uh, stuff as much, but it is uh, that crossover sound and production on the on the vocals is definitely there. Um, but I fucking I loved it, like. Uh, at first it didn't grab me and I stuck with it a bit more because I knew we were gonna talk about it and then I ended up like really, really listening to it a lot in the build up to this. Especially the intro is so interesting because it's almost like a an homage to like Enna the Sandman, uh Metallica, <laughs> but done done in a very different and Muted, hardcore way Like, listen to it again And then think, enter Sandman And be like, oh Maybe he's right, or, or listen to it and go generally don't, don't know what the
0: fuck you're talking about well, well, the cover does give you That feeling of like that semi-truck Like barreling down on you, right?
1: Yeah, the the whole, the Great thing about the LP artwork Is it looks like a 1980s Horror, fantasy movie, yeah. You know like uh gives you like maximum overdrive meets the howling or something. Uh-huh. You know, it's oh, yeah. super crazy. Um and then, you know, like uh all good bands, including uh your buddies, they have the chromed out logo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know. Fair. Um Yeah. Uh, let me try to, I, I, let me just try to describe the album cover for the people. So anyway, everyone Google it. Um but it's It's like a giant wolf, like coming through a cityscape. And then what do you say, Daniel, like chromed out lettering up top? Yeah. Like kind of, kind of a a type of tagging and like chromed out and then fucking, there's like two grim reapers on the bottom, like on each side of (laughs) like a car. I don't know, dude. It's like, it's, it's crazy. Someone had fun creating this. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's on a t-shirt, I want it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and the color scheme is like an all over print. (laughs) Yeah, it has to be like almost on a tie dye shirt because, like, the background colors too of like the purple into the pink, back into the purple, and then the Reapers at the bottom, like, it's fucking beautiful, dude. Like, I want to frame it, you know? Yeah, it's sick.
1: And the one that uh, Chris was talking about with the the demon with the wings and uh, Unreal Form, Mm -hmm. that one is wild artwork too. Um,
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was so I I said the one that looks like Dungeons and Dragons, which is actually kind of both of them, but uh, uh, but yeah, Escape from the Junkyard is the one I'm talking about, uh, the newer one, and yeah, it, it, we're on the same page. It rips.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Demon of uh, the Wings I'm, is the one I was talking about that also like those songs appear on this record, yeah. um, but it yeah. only came out like digitally and as a cassette tape. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's rad to get it documented on UNLP. This is the greatest yeah, fucking it. idea, you know. Like I, I there was like it was kind of a thing in the nineties. Like you know, Floor Punch did like their demo, and then they did a seven inch, and then they put them both out on an LP. Like that's fucking that's awesome. Twin killing, yeah, yeah. And then Ten Yard Fight, it was the same thing, but I think it only came out as CD. Like they put out the seven inch in the, and the demo together on CD. Um,
1: yeah, they like extend the seven inch to make it a CD and add all those extra
0: tracks, I think. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, I just, I love the idea, especially here. Like you get onto the 12 inch format. You guys see the art for soul
2: division too, which it looks like this is just a single, but that's pretty awesome too. It's like a BMX, like a dirt bike with a skull behind it. And the skull has like a, like snowboarding goggles. And there's, like, lightning behind that. It's pretty awesome, too.
0: Is is it from the same band?
2: Yeah. Oh. It looks like a single that came out in 2019.
0: Uh, I don't see it on their Total discogs. Division. I don't see it on their discogs. They got to update their own discogs, man. What the fuck? It was Spotify exclusive. Oh, shit. Spotify exclusive. So, anyway, everyone check that out. Um, anything else on this before we move on? It's no,
1: that they're I- on such a great
0: label. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah! Safe Inside Records, Bert and Aaron doing it, putting out nothing but good shit. And uh, you can buy all the Safe Inside Records stuff through Deathwish, or go to uh, safeinsiderecords.com. And uh, yeah, check it out. They're doing good shit. Yeah, there. check
2: this. Go ahead. I would say ch- check this out like the other records that we talked about so far I feel like are probably records that like 99% of the scene has has heard but like yeah I bet there's a lot of people that are listening right now that uh, haven't heard of this band from Saskatchewan and, and they're every bit as good as, as any of the ones we talked about so definitely check it out
0: yeah check it out and it'll be in the uh, playlist for the episode as well um, moving on Uh, this is a record. It came out earlier in the year and, uh, I didn't see that uh, much hype about it, but I think it's fucking awesome. Uh, the band is called the fight. It's the endless noise LP on triple B and this fucking band, dude, if I was, if I could be like 17, 18 again and like, you know, drinking tall cans in the parking lot with my friends, this is like the number one band I want to slam to like the drum beats. They hit on this, like they're the dude is like obviously good, but it's just like these Igno beats where it's just like made for circle pitting, you know? And like these songs are just so infectious and good and catchy. I fucking love it. Um, What do you think about it, Daniel?
1: Yeah, I think, what I love about this is it's coming at hardcore from a viewpoint that I very much like, which is, uh, the punk, like celebrating the punk in hardcore. And this band is doing it perfect. Like they are referencing, um, basically this band is like a, if you mixed kind of negative approach and infest, with UK 82 and, and like doomy crusty uh, UK punk. Like, I think that's just a good, all of those ingredients in a blender. This band sounds like what the smoothie that comes out the other end is. Um, I feel how um, the art and the, the intro at the beginning and everything just sums up that, Political punk and hardcore raw aggression and infest like and actually saying something and uh, conceptualizing your band to to put that forward is really great and I think the record is awesome. I, I think, um, like you said, the drumming is incredible. It gives it that fully, almost like crusty vibe to the the hardcore riff. That are going on and and then the vocals are very um pulling from all those influences that I talked about but in fact being a big one what do you think Chris
2: yeah this is this is one that I had to kind of go back and listen to again like I, I listened to it when it first came out or listened to a couple of songs when it first came out and uh didn't really revisit it for a while. Uh, not for any reason, just, you you know, there's so much good music out there. It's hard to really give time to it all. But, um, I went back and listened to it more for, for this conversation and and it's really good. Like, uh, you know, Daniel kind of hit the nail on the head for everything. I think it's just really cool. It's, it's, it's got like the, the heaviness of like a a modern hardcore band, you know? Uh, with kind of that punk sensibility and, and, um, you know, like the 82 UK, like definitely shines through. I think there's times where it almost reminds me of like, uh, this is a a bad comparison, but there's something that reminds me of a little bit of like tragedy, you know, like strip out, strip out all the melody, uh, or a lot of the melodies, it, it, but there's just kind of a vibe and an attitude that reminds me a little bit of them. Um, my only complaint on this is is I don't I don't I, I think it's probably a, a conscious decision for style, but I don't really like how the vocals are mixed. Like, I think the dude has a really cool voice and and has that edge that that you that I look for in this style of music, but. It feels like it's a We talked about Gulch and Drain Those are two vocals styles For the mix, it's like super present in the mix And I feel like this The the way the vocals Are mixed in here are just a little bit More like Almost like put back into a cave a little bit And I think Sometimes it's a thing that People do for vocals That don't sound as cool Uh, But I think this guy Sounds really cool, so uh, you know, it's probably just a conscious thing. And that's really more of a nitpick. Cause I think this is really cool. And, and I'm kind of psyched to just listen to it some more and sit with it some more.
0: Yeah. The, the cover is, is interesting too, because like you have that, like UK 82 feel like inside the logo, but then like, it's like that nice bright blue. So it's like, it, it makes you feel different things. Like depending on where you look at the cover, you know, mm. it's, I don't know. It's cool. It's like I cool guess got that art. darkness, that darkness and the vibrant. Yeah, the blue. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, good call. And I think that like the well, the band exudes that as well. You know, like it's because if you're picking up like tragedy and serious vibes, and I'm picking up like I just want to fucking slam vibes. Like they're hitting on multiple syllable, like multiple cylinders. Daniel, what were you gonna say?
1: I was gonna say I think that tragedy. um, tragedy obviously was raised on a lot of the peace, punk doom, uh, crusty sounds that kind of go into making their sound. And I think that that's a good comparison, like a stripped down tragedy with, without all the guitar, uh, pedals and effects because, um, it has that like insanely, like brutal approach. Um, it also, You know, you touching on, you know, the the artwork is definitely, uh, you know, a nod to all those peace punk, cross punk bands that would, you know, use these kind of imagery. Um, But I love the question mark on there to being just like, what is the fucking point almost, like, with this life? Like, we try and fight against all this stuff and, it, it just, yeah, it, I, that's the kind of vibe I get from it. And I, I feel this is a really cool one to have on the list that's just offering something a little bit different. And to touch on what Chris was saying about the vocals, I feel like it is an aesthetic choice to make the vocals sound like old records almost. You know, like how badly some vocals were recorded back in the day that it's sure. almost like an aesthetic choice to like, well, we want it to sound like this or that. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you that they're a little bit too off the beaten path for the rest of the song, you know, the rest of the music on there, but it, it's hard for me to be, uh, you know, talk about production and stuff like that. Cause I don't really know too much about
0: it uh i would think that it's definitely I, deliberate because this yeah. band this band seems to be functioning on on all cylinders right like the art and everything is so deliberate um you know i talked about the drumming and it's like it's almost like you feel like the drummer is playing more simple like it's like he's holding back you know it's like i'm doing this beat because that's what like suits the music but it's like an over an oversimplified version um and I think that maybe the blending of the vocals could be like that as well. Um, I definitely think it's deliberate and it's what they're going for. Yeah.
1: And do, you know, the, the second song, the new aesthetic, um, the lyrics are so cool. Like right? talking about data mining and basically your DNA and your fingerprint and everything like by just, doing those quick clicks of like yeah 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 here's the terms and services you know that you're just in the system now and it's questioning that and I think it's a a really cool a cool song to read the lyrics to for anyone out there that is uh, wondering you know what the kind of um, vibe is I I think it's uh, there's a lot of clever lyrics on this but I think that one is is really interesting because it's commenting on things that are actively still unfolding uh, in front of us day by day.
0: Yeah. Well, while the band might be a stitch back to in like an older sound, the lyrics are still present and relevant. You yeah. know, this, this fucking record rips. I love it. That's why it's on the list. Um, but yeah, Anything else on this before we move on to the final of the uh, the Super Seven of the best seven records, the first seven months of twenty twenty, <laughs> the longest title ever? <laughs> uh, all right, let's just move on. The last one I got on the list is the Mind Force twelve uh, inch EP, "Swinging Swords Chopping Lords" Triple B Records. This is one of the the greatest bands of the last five years. The Excalibur LP is fucking so good you know it's so good that greg called it one of the best albums of 2019 when it came out in 2018 you know it's like it just (laughs) it just holds with you it's guys again like coming up with like kind of a fresh sound um you know this late in the hardcore game and you know not being like super derivative new sound like but also not being like so outside the box that it's not like hardcore i love it it reminds me so much of like iron age in the way that like they're like dipping into metal and you're like this sounds so familiar like it just sounds familiar but you can't like put your finger on what it is you know like they're they're pulling like these influences that sounds so familiar to you but like doing such a new take on it and so like to me it sounds almost like in iron age on steroids. If like they only listen to the death catalog, cause they're doing a lot of like the, like the Chuck notes and like the way that he would play. That's where like a lot of like the, the dark lead stuff reminds me back of is like the prime death records. Um So yeah, the combination of those two bands and it just, it gets me in the right spot. I love it. I love 12 inches. I love the idea of like, fuck it. We only got four songs put out a 12 inch. I think it's fucking ill. And obviously it's like gone well for them. And it's just like, you know, when you put out like an LP a couple years ago, there's a pressure on bands to do another LP. Oh, it's two years. It's due for an LP or it's three years time for another LP. And I think that like that stuff gets so formulaic and we got to remember like, this is fucking hardcore. Like choose your own path. Whatever makes you happy and satisfies you, like as an artist, that's what matters the most. Um, and so, if you got four fucking bangers, put them out. You know, you don't have to like toss six throwaway songs on there to make an LP. Like that's bullshit, butt rock shit. Thankfully, thankfully they don't. Thankfully, I know, I know. That's why that, I love it. Yeah, it, I love agreed it. because agreed. because remember, like you know, maybe before you found this style of music. And you listen to other styles of music. Like when I was a child, I loved like bands like Motley Crue and shit. And you, you know, you'd hear the single on MTV or on the radio or whatever, and you're like, "Fuck, this rules!" I want to get the CD. And you can't like preview the shit before, so you get a CD of certain styles of bands, and it's like, "Oh, there's a few good songs, and there's a bunch of fucking trash." And it's because they're they're in that. Like, they're in that lane where it's like, oh, we got to put out a record every few years. So write a few hits, they'll be the singles, and everything else can be trash. But we get credit for putting out an LP. And it's like, hardcore's better than that. We don't got to do that shit. You know, put out good material when it's ready. You know, because, like, also it's, this is, like, palatable. You know, like, Excalibur is a fucking classic. You know? And, like, I don't know if we need 12... 10 12 new songs like I don't I don't know if they would sink in as much and I don't know if a band can produce that many good songs like back to back. So this record they came out they fucking put out four scorchers. Every song is fucking great and it's like, "Oh, that's the fucking move. I love it." It's like just the right amount of material where it's like I I get new Mindforce songs, they're all good. It's what I expect from the band and I was so like satisfied by this. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Daniel, what do you think about this?
1: I um, agree. Less is more. Like let that message ring out all over hardcore and in music in general. The, just give us premium, amazing stuff. I think this is great because it's four songs. Um, when you when you talk about the
0: sound, I feel. And correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel. Um, Daniel you're breaking uh, you're breaking up just a tad. Um, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot off. Is to, that better? That is better. Is that so, better? Yep, way better. Okay. go
1: ahead. Um, I feel like um, this band has a very modern take on what a leeway would sound like. Uh, Definitely. Um, the way that the vocals sit in that almost reverb. Um, position just floating over the music, almost, um, and it have a, a, a specific sound to the way that the vocal wants to come across, um, and I think it, it sounds really good. Uh, I love the almost Wu Tang reference of swinging swords, chopping lords—very uh, liquid swords ish—and um, yeah, I, I really, I really like it. And like you say. It, Four songs that are all bangers, like, and uh the sound and the production is fantastic. It's a really, really great EP, and uh everyone should pick it up.
0: Yeah, Chris,
2: what Chris? do you think about this, Daniel? I like that you uh that you called out Leeway because I think Leeway Wei, Leeway is a band that gets a lot of comps nowadays because I think a lot of people are dabbling into a little bit of crossover. Um, and and Leeway is you know one of the one of the you know the Mount Rushmore of of that style of, of hardcore, um, but I think Mindforce more than you know ninety nine percent of the bands that get to Leeway, it, it's they're worthy of it, and not necessarily because they sound like a band that's just trying to rip off Leeway, but they just do it with an attitude and and a, and a vibe that that rings true to that, that style. And, and I, I think it's really cool. Um, you know, when I first heard Excalibur, uh, I didn't really like it the first time I heard it. Like I, I was like, Oh, this is cool. But, uh, I checked it out again, checked it out again. It took me a couple of times to to really kind of realize the genius of it and and it's kind of funny you're saying, uh, you know, the best record of 2019 that came out in 2018. Cause that's kind of how it was for me. Like I never really got into this band until like the next year. Uh, and, uh, it's like Excalibur was such an awesome, awesome LP. Like it's probably one of my favorite LPs of the last, you know, five years or so. Um, and I think you guys have said everything really there is to say about you know this follow up. It's a worthy follow up. Like the songs are great. It's short and sweet. Uh, it's got all the the stuff in in the Mindforce formula that that just makes them really cool. From you know the riffs to the leads to the way his vocals sit. Um, it's really cool. I hope I get to see him someday
0: yeah the, I saw him at, at oh sorry no I, ahead, I just want to say like the the guitarist does like lots of like noodly stuff but it's like so tasteful and like for someone to like toss in like noodly shit and then have it not come off douchey is like so mm-hmm. fucking rad like this stuff is like, I just feel like it's crafted like almost down to like the second you know like, yeah
2: and this isn't a this is another band like you were saying that doesn't rely on heaviness
0: to bring the mosh, Which is cool. Yeah. But they hit like such of those, like dark, like the dark melodies, which I, the only other band I can think of is like death, you know, that like hits it so well. And it's like, it doesn't have to be heavy. Like, you know, death was a death metal band that like evolved out of that into like just a really technical metal band more than anything. Um, and hit on, you know, the most amazing, like dark melodies, in the guitar work. Um, and that's, I think what this harkens to. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't need to be heavy. It it just gives you like that, that feeling of like, I don't know. It's like, I, I hate to like come up with everything being like apocalyptic or like the world's ending, but it's like, I don't know. That's how I feel. Like, especially the first song, like, you know, it's like almost <laughs> like the fucking air raid sirens. Like, Oh, that's a rap, you know? So might as well, well this the times moment. we live in right now, <laughs> yeah, yeah you know
1: where where the, the end is now? kind of is a little bit more present than it ever has been for reality in our Do you know what I mean, it's like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of shit going on behind the curtain,
0: yeah, I mean, like the the world has been tossed on its fucking head, you know if if we were sitting here this time last year and someone like predicted this, no one would have fucking bought it. You know, it's, it's, it's strange the way that, you know, humanity, we, we can adapt to any situation pretty quickly. Um, but it's just, it's interesting the way that everything's been tossed on its head. And it's like, it's a new reality, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that Daniel, you have anything else on this or Chris?
1: Um, the artwork is sick and uh, uh, um, that's it. You know, it's a great record and it's a great thing to, for us to kind of wrap up on. You guys want to, uh, uh... I saw them at United Blood in 2018 and they, besides Take Offense and Madball, I think they were, Then count me out, they were probably the band that got the best reaction. Um, and they were really cool like uh put on a good show that's the only time i've seen them but i really like it
0: yeah they were they were on another podcast talking um i think it was Axe Grind but i can't remember um and they've done a bunch of bands before this but then this one hit and it does remind me of of Dead Heat like ironically because they did a, yeah. split, a split together but the Dead Heat dudes were in like a bunch of bands before they did Dead Heat and it hit And I just think like it's just fucking well deserved. You know, it's like dudes aren't popping up out of nowhere and like hitting. You know, it's like they're Yeah. They're making music. They're guys that are always like, Let's do a band, you know, and like do it, and then it's like, Oh, let's do something else, you know, and like I don't know, it just seemed like they were veterans that have like done other bands that weren't as successful but probably had a lot of merit. Maybe they like didn't maybe they didn't get the look, maybe you know the band wasn't as well plotted out or formulated as this is or whatever i mean that's how dead heat was they were in a bunch of fucking different bands and like um you know maybe like the songs weren't the best or whatever but you could tell like oh there's something to that band like there's something there like they're going to figure yeah. it out and then one day it clicks and it's like holy fuck we have this like monster in our hands you know and i think both those bands are examples of it that are like you know two of the best bands going right now Dead Heat and Mind Force, and it and it, they two of the bands with the best names around too. Yeah, for All sure. Both those band names are so cool. For sure, and it's sick that they like did that split together. You know, so yeah. Um,
2: before before we move off on Mind Force, you guys want to talk on Pillars of Ivory?
0: Yeah, go have you heard that? Yes, yes, you shared yeah. it. You shared it. So yeah. go ahead. I think, I think it's just tight. It's like uh I don't really know who
2: all is involved in it, but it's uh Aaron Knuckles from Dethra in the singer of Mind Force doing like almost kinda like a, a modern day like this era's Cold World, you know, like a, a hip hop hardcore influence thing. I think it's cool. It's uh it's it's a little different. Like I really like Aaron's vocals on it. Like he does uh it's almost kind of like a more of a burn style, uh, like, like his, his cage is almost more like Chaka from burn. Uh, and
0: I think it's just cool. Yeah. So cool. Just I, like dudes being creative, you know,
1: I'm not familiar with it. And, uh, I will get familiar with it.
0: All right. It's, Let, tight. it's cool. Let's move to, uh, Chris, you wanted to talk on some other records, and I should just say that, like, again, these were the seven 12-inches that I chose. Uh, not fucking with 7-inch format, or demos, or uh, digital stuff, and especially not oh, 10 inches. De- yeah, especially <laughs> not fucking with 10 inches. Stay tuned for that <laughs> podcast about the worst format ever. <laughs> Coming to you soon. You know? Our, our tribute to the worst form- format ever, the 10-inch. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Chris, you wanted to bring up some other releases that uh, either were twelve inches or otherwise.
2: Yeah, uh, your you know your seven that, that that was your list. Like I I really dig all of that stuff. Like those were all uh, you know in my top you know ten, top twenty, top thirty. Like really, all really good records. So it was it was easy to to speak on them. Um, I'll do a few machine gun style
0: because I know Dan will have like fifty. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> All right. No, it's, it's, uh, it's that just has 20 of his favorite bass players. Yeah. <laughs> Noodle. <laughs> Shout out, Noodles. Shout out, Smelly. Shout out, uh, Janos. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, so a few, I'm really psyched on Speedway from Sweden. Uh, the band's going to be huge in a year in the U S. Uh, just mark my words. Uh, kind of got like a go it alone kind of vibe I feel like 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 that kind of era of uh, melody and like intenseness uh, Chew from Chicago which is C period H period E period W period uh, band on iron long their music I don't even know how to ex- explain it because it's kind of crazy like it's just like fast blazing punk hardcore but they do a lot of weird like uh, like noisy stuff over but like what really makes it out is the vocalist like she's got like this she has like three different styles of singing which i think is super cool like one is like this like insane rage scream one's like almost kind of like a sassy like uh riot girl kind of thing and then the other is like almost like the sing-songy thing where she's she sings like these actual notes and, and you just got to listen to it to check it out. It's it's killer. Uh, the code orange record. Like I've never been a huge code orange fan. Like I respect what they do. They're always awesome live, but like I've never really been able to get in their records. This new one. I love it. Like, especially like some of the ones where they get into more like, uh, like nine inch nails kind of inspired stuff. I think it's tight. Um, Chubby in the Gang, this record I've been listening to nonstop. It's probably one of my two or three favorite records of the year. It's members of Violent uh, Reaction, I believe, UK band. Uh, it's a rock and roll vibe, but it's like a like a skinhead party rock and roll yeah. vibe.
1: And it's it's fucking super sick. sick. It's really sick. Album cover is sick. It's so um, cool. it's a really really awesome record and uh, definitely definitely worth grabbing if you haven't got it already. Keep going, uh, Chris. Sorry. I just
0: wanted to cut no. your choice there. Yeah, I'll try to do a rapid fire, but like, if you want to jump in on these, please, please do. Uh, I think that, look, well, just real quick on that. Chris, you shared that, and that was fucking awesome. For people that like want like the super and shit, like maybe you like uh, the first Helicopters record, or you like the Dwarves, or fucking you know, Zeke, just like the the rockin' rockin' shit of, like, that genre, like, I don't know, maybe, like, playing a bar vibes but getting raging, you know, you're spilling a little bit yeah. of your, spilling a little bit of your uh, cup on yourself but not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. You you shared it. I, I really liked it. You know, like, usually people, they share shit, and uh, you check it out, and you're like, oh, that's good. You know, I'll come back to it. But that one, I, sure. I put it on during a drive, and I listened to the whole record, like, straight. It didn't lose me. It's, and, uh, yeah. You know, I think that that's like a, a good compliment for a record.
1: It's like, uh, kind of pissed hardcore meets the Four Skins meets thin Lizzy.
0: You know?
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Uh, it's super good. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, I think that, like, given the genres we talk about, people might think, like, me saying like a bar punk band is like a negative thing, but like for me it's like, no, that's actually like the band I want to see because that's that's also the venue, uh-huh. that's the venue I want to see shit in. Like we're so lucky now because uh you know, San Diego, Chris, you talked about uh on the Cory pod, or fuck. I guess that's in the future, that's coming next week. <laughs> and actually even after that, the Patreon uh-huh. pod, you know, you said that time I, travel. I know, time travel in the future. Um you were talking about people loving countervail. Cause they came to Seattle a lot. And uh, I feel like San Diego is similar in a way Um, actually like in the opposite way, but still similar because you guys are so far away. So it's hard for people to go there for San Diego. People just think like, oh, we hit LA, we hit OC. So like, if they want to see us, like they can come to us, you know, and like, don't really bother, like putting San Diego on a lot of tours. Um, But Madball and agnostic front always fucking come here which is great because those were already two of my favorite bands, but it makes me love them like even more. Like we're always a spot on the tour. And now they've transitioned to playing more bar shows, which is really fun for me. You know, it's like just an environment I enjoy. Um, obviously I come from back in all ages. And I remember like bands playing bar shows when I was underage and having my heart broken. Like I can't go to this. Mm-hmm. But, like, But now I'm 40, so fuck it. You know, like, <laughs> that's just how I want to see oh. it. Like, I can hang out, have a few drinks, and then I get to see fucking Madball. Like, this is the greatest night of my life, you know? And I feel that way every <laughs> single time, like, seeing Agnostic Front or Madball at a bar. It's like, I want to be here anyway. And then the fucking bonus is, like, instead of 12, like, oh, fuck, I got to go home. You know, it's like, fucking Madball's coming on? Like, yes! You know? So, I don't know. This, this record gave me vibes of that, like... I hope this band rolls through. I hope they play like, you know, the Casbah or something like that. And I can go have some drinks and watch them. Um, cause I just want to see them. Yeah. And, uh, back to your list, Chris.
1: Uh, let's
2: see. There's a hip hop record, a dude from Baltimore called, uh, Jay Graham that I'm really stoked on, uh, Jay has two Y's in it, but Jay grand, check it out. Good stuff. Uh, a few bands from the Northwest, End of Days has a demo. Punitive, Punitive Damage has a demo as an, and a 7 inch chopping block, who uh, had a demo that Bert uh, and Aaron uh, just put out on Safety's Side. And uh, some of the dudes in that band are in a band called TV Set, which is a little more kind of a revolution summer vibe. Uh, so, like, right up back alley. Yeah. And then.
0: Hostile culture. Let's talk about it. Fuck yeah! Hostile culture.
2: This is a band uh, that actually heard about through. Kind of funny enough, I, I heard about it through Extra Grind, uh, and I was like, it really kind of caught me by surprise. I was like, whoa, this is cool, and I I dug into it, and I was like, wait a minute, I know, like one well, of the dudes in this band. Uh, it was just kind of one of those weird things where, like, you find out about someone you know's band. Not from them, and and you're hyped on it, and you're like, yeah, are you in this band? Uh, I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. I, it's, I, I would describe it as like that that sweet spot that's maybe just like a step below the ignorance of a tsunami. Like it's it's in your face. It's unabashed, like beat down, not beat down, but like,
0: like. Oh, Ash, call yeah ass beat, beat hardcore it's beat down dude come on alright it's beat down uh, I really
2: one of my favorite things about it though is the, the singer's voice is just so he has just like such a cool attack like I don't think he sang in bands before but like he really attacks the words and and uh it's dope the, the first song you you listen like 15 seconds in, and it just grabbed me because <laughs> there's a line that's like, Uh, soft motherfuckers weren't born to be H O S G I L E into the pit. And I was like,
0: When I hit that part, I was like, Yep, yeah, so sold. good, so good. I mean, well, the, they're the doing thing- go, just real quick, Daniel, they're doing like the tsunami style, like, and also knocking it out of the park and like i do worry about like like we've talked on, about tragedy on this episode and like when tragedy came out it was like this is the greatest fucking band on earth but also like mm-hmm. but also you're like all the bands that try to fucking cop this style afterwards is going to be the worst band on earth you know like, yeah. <laughs> like it's going to be so bad you know and like i do worry about that in like with tsunami like getting a lot of steam you know, especially with like the triple B shit, like the bands that come out and try to emulate this, it's going to be fucking terrible. Cause they're not going to have like, yeah. that nuance, Yeah, uh, you know, but
1: well, they're, yeah. they're going to believe they're going to believe their yeah. toughness. And it's, mm-hmm. that's what's going to be lost on it. Because what makes this so special is this is a fucking, these are hard lyrics that could be off putting to some people if, you didn't have that extra little bit of knowledge that um, I don't, I mean, I've heard this from you, Chris, and that the, the singer is queer and is like speaking on it in these lyrics and it makes it so fucking sick. It's like, don't try it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's a powerful statement um, because If that level wasn't attached to it, it would somewhat be like, A, if this is your only output, like, but the fact that it's coming from a place of, no, I'm fucking hostile because of so much of treatment, and let me just tell you, like, you think you can bully certain people, well, it it ain't fucking happening here.
0: Yeah, that's ill. Uh, that, that takes it to like the next level. But I do think yeah. that the song the songs stand on their own too. Um, yeah, that we'll just agree. that just makes it like even more special and rad, you know. But it's it's not like I don't know. It's not. Oh, it's not it's, what
1: sells it, but it is right. the thing that makes me read the lyrics and understand that they're coming from a deeper place than it just being like, "Yo, motherfucker, you've been talking shit." Like, Those kind of lyrics, we don't need to hear those anymore, really, without some kind of creative spin on it, whereas this is hearkening back to the records that only came on CDs in 1998, (laughs) and the lyrics are all like that, but they're actually pointed with a purpose, and that's what makes it so rad and hard to kind of uh, touch on the tangible nature of it, whereas if it was just rehash of stuff from nineteen ninety eight again, I might not pay attention. But as Chris says, the H O S T I L part is worth the price of admission alone.
0: Yeah, so sick, dude. Everyone's getting. And you don't have to you don't have to wait long for it either like they come right <laughs> out of the gates with it. Yeah. sick. Yeah. It would be sick, dude. That was one I was, I don't know. Chris, you got good chase, dude. Everything you share with me, I'm fucking stoked on it.
1: Well, I I have to say that Chris, Modern Mike in San Diego, and, uh, Zach, you three are the people that are keeping me at least aware of things a lot more because, you know, unless I'm at shows and checking fans out, um, some of this stuff coming across my, my purview is not going to happen as much without your guys's input, like actually nudging me in that direction. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, dude. Well, that's hardcore, right? We got to like, you got to tell each other what's happening. It's hard to keep up with everything, (laughs) you know, and I I need all the help I can get. So Chris, we have anything else on the list?
2: Yeah, I have two more that I want to spend a little bit more time on. Uh, Two of my favorite releases of the year are not even really releases uh, there's they're singles or, or teasers for for upcoming releases, but uh, one step closer is maybe my favorite band right now. Uh, they just they do like that turning point vibe thing and they 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 do it so well and they do it with a with their own flavor. And that EP that came out last year, I, I loved it. Uh, they dropped a single this year um, and a turning point cover actually. And it's so good. Like there was straight up literally a, at least a month where I was listening to this literally every day I would listen to this song and I'm just like, I need more. I need more. Uh, it's it's an awesome song. It's everything that I loved about this band, but they add like a little bit of a new twist where there's, there's a sing like actual singing part. Uh, and I don't know if it's like one of the other members of the band or a guest vocalist, but it, it's really cool. Um, have, have you guys heard the song "Lead the Gray"?
1: Yeah, I have not. Yeah, I. You you turned me onto this band, and I have uh, I have listened to it repeatedly. And you know, for all the reasons you're explaining, like turning point influence being at the top of the list, is going to make me excited anyway. <laughs>
0: Well, and they chose the best Turning Point song to cover.
1: Yeah. And they crushed it, too. Like, the best Turning Point song is Face Up.
0: Oh, well. <laughs> you, you could be right. Danny, you might have
2: me there. You're right. The mosh bar maybe pushes it over, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they crushed the cover, too. Like, uh, the first time I heard it, I was kind of not super sold on it, because he does a little bit of uh, different things here and there, and and that will sometimes catch you by surprise, but the more I listen to it, like he does it so well that it, it's, it's awesome. So, respect. Cool. And the, and and the final
0: we'll, one, the final one. Yeah. So the last one I want to talk on is I've been listening to
2: this one step closer song. Like, like I said, for like a month straight, because it's hitting this spot that I'm, I'm just not getting from a lot of the other hardcore that I listen to. And that's just like, this really kind of emotional tinge, like melody. Um, and I found another. Well, I didn't find them. They're a pretty big band, but Be Well is the singer of Battery's new band. Balbeck from from Bane is in it. It's got, uh, I think, a, a couple people from like Darkest Hour and uh, and Fairweather. So they're like a, a total like supergroup band. But uh, they dropped a single. Couple couple months back I listened to it I love let me back up I loved Battery like there was a point in my life where Battery was probably my favorite band for like three months three years straight uh after Until the End came out um I, I loved like I always loved McTernan's lyrics and his kind of like take on things um very comparable to, to Sweet Sweet Lance from uh, Faded Grey he just kind of like approaches things with a real earnest style and, and isn't afraid to kind of sing about things that are a little bit outside of the box. So that's why I always loved battery. First time I heard D well, I was like, this is cool. Like this is post battery. Like I dig it. We'll check it out again soon. Or, you know, I will check it out again, but then I didn't really check it out again for a while. You know, it was probably like a month later. I really sat down with it and they had a couple more singles. Uh, I think they have, four singles out by now and uh you know one day I just kind of listened to them and I couldn't stop listening to them like I I listened to those four songs on repeat probably like 12 times and I I just love it it's I I think it's better than battery like at this point Uh, no really yeah I I love it I I think the the music is, is I mean it's more modern obviously uh recordings a lot more uh, professional and full they do a lot of melodic stuff that gives it a little bit more of a dimension but again the thing that I think is is that really makes us stand out is the same thing that what we were talking about with Walter before like the lyrics are insanely good like he hits a lot of deep uh, like, depression topics. Uh, was, the lyrics for Confessional, like, check them out. Like, Google those lyrics, or I think on their Instagram, they have, like, you can scroll down and find a, a video that has, like, like a lyric video. It's super heavy. Like, it's, it's basically the song about how much he loves his daughter and, like, wants to protect her from the world. And, like, at the same time, he is someone who struggled with, with depression and he just wants more than anything for her to never have to feel like the way that he's felt at times in his life. And and that fear that, that, that uh, dark piece of him is like potentially something that he could have physically handed down to her, like through his genes. Um, it's a heavy song and and it's just awesome. Like, and, and the thing that like that punctuates the lyrics for me is like he actually sings some parts on it. Like, uh, it, and so it gives it a little bit of a different of a layer than Battery. But he still has that thing from Battery where like he'll hit certain syllables with such like emotion dripping from the words where it almost sounds like that phrase is like the most important thing that he'll ever like sing. And I think that's what really grabs me about it. So these four songs are sick. I'm really psyched to hear the, their LP comes out, I think in like two weeks. So by the time this podcast drops, it might be just around the corner. Check it out if you have it. If you have and you weren't feeling it, check out again uh, like I did and, and you might be
0: pleasantly surprised. Daniel, do you have anything on Be Well?
1: Um, I did the same thing Chris did. I, I checked out originally and was just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. And I haven't done the the circle back. So Chris is a very smart person. So I will do the due diligence and go back and check it out again. Um, and then everyone should check out Chris's band, Change. If you, you know, we're talking on emotionally driven hardcore, that's some flag bearer shit too.
0: Yeah. Everyone's got to order that yeah. change record. Don't sleep on it. That is uh, the main takeaway from this podcast is order the change <laughs> record. You can go to, they got it at Deathwish and at rev.
2: Yep. Yeah. Rev has like a like exclusive cover or a exclusive color. It did like 200 on, on gold.
0: Yeah, so you can go to RevHQ.com, you can go to DeathWish and uh handle business, get that change record. Uh you're better off going to one of those websites than trying to, to Google change. Um th- they're as hard to Google as the band the fight, you know. That that one's yeah. hard to find too. So uh all this stuff you can check it out in the uh playlist for the episode and hope you enjoy it. And uh do you guys have anything else before we wrap up?
1: No, it's just great to, um, discuss because, you know, we all love discussing the past. It's great to s- discuss the present slash
0: future. Yeah. There's going to be so much good shit this year coming out too. I know, uh, dead. He's working on it. retaliate. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, yeah. That change record. But, uh, But is coming in probably November. We got the test presses super stoked on it. It's my favorite record we've done. And, uh, yeah. On the best label. On the best label Indecision decision records. Yeah. And if we don't sell through the first press, I'm quitting the podcast. So that's what's happening. So we gotta help. We gotta. <laughs> well sell.
1: if the nar- if the narcore comp blows out like so fast, so we'll retaliate.
0: Yeah, hopefully. Um a lot of bands yeah. on the narcore comp. We uh that was a that was a great accomplishment to blow through the first press and, and the second press is yeah. cool. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Um that was a labor of love. It takes so long to put a project like that together and I think we did a good job and yeah, first press is gone. Second press is up. You can go to indecision records.com order the second press of the narco comp. And it's sick It's 50, 50 vinyl cardinal and gold for a uh, Nard high. And, uh, I graduated on independent study. So I kind of graduated from there, but, uh, you know, you put if, in your time. You I put, put, in I your put time. my time. I went a good like, <laughs> two and a half years before I stopped going. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, check that shit out. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for uh, listening to this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And thank you, Daniel and Chris, for helping me out. Um, and that's No problem. It. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you.